Hello and welcome back to another episode of Stories brought to you by Kiosk M1C. Kiosk M1C is the voice of Lower Stable Street and has curated all shops, events and exhibitions on Lower Stable Street since Cold Drop Shard first opened back in 2018. Their mission has been to support new businesses and provide an environment in which they can thrive and grow. I'm Maria Hanlon and in each episode I'll be finding out the real stories of how these businesses have developed and how the community has helped shape their journey. In episode 11, I chat to Abraham from Honest John's. Honest John's is a record shop that was established in 1974 and Abraham has been working there for the past 14 years. In this episode, we chat about the two different shops, the one in Portobello Road and the one in Coldrop Shard, the differences between them, Honest John's record label and the journey Honest John's has been on to become one of London's most loved record shops. This was such an interesting chat and I think you're going to love it. Let's do it. This is episode 11 with Abraham from Honest John's. Could you introduce yourself and tell me your role at Honest John's? Um, so my name's Abraham. I've been at Honest John's for, in September, it'll be 14 years. I managed the uh, Honest the Honest John's in Portobello Road. Um, occasionally work here in King's Cross um, and, yeah, have a kind of number of roles throughout the business, mainly in relation to the shop rather than the, the label. Cool. Okay, we're going to dive into that a little bit more. But what is Honest John's? For people that don't know, let's start there. Um, so Honest John's was founded in 1974 um, by a man called John Clare, um, who took his and his brother's and brother's wife's record collection and put them in an old butcher's shop in um, Goldbourne Road in West London, um, just around the corner from where our Portobello Road shop is today. Um, it was originally a kind of jazz shop, secondhand, um, and then yeah, over the years he expanded. He had numerous shops in London in the in the by the eighties, all around London Central and across yeah Camden, Soho, and a few around West London as well, having different genres that they specialised in. And then he downsized again to just one shop, which is the one that we have in Portobello. Um, he passed over the the business to my current two bosses, Alan and Mark, um, in the early 90s. And they, 10 years later, in response to the kind of, both to CDs, but also to streaming that was starting and illegal downloading and legal downloading, they managed to offset that by getting online themselves and starting a label. And so unlike, sadly, a lot well, sadly, in the sense that many shops have closed down, unlike a lot of shops, we managed to we managed to hold on. Definitely, yeah, have, have kind of got through that yeah. tougher period. And it's still so busy there. I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But you've thrown some like special events, and the queue has been all the way down to voices. So we've been yeah. super impressed. <laughs> so I like that. That was a bit of like a history lesson, like a trip down memory lane. But you started, was it fourteen years ago? You said yes. So talk to me about back then and sort of what's got you to here here today. Like what's happened in that time? What have you worked on? As in, as a business? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, a lot of it has been just kind of acclimatizing to the times. Um, the The label has had a kind of different trajectory at times. We've had spates of like lots of releases that have been well received, and then we've taken points where we haven't received, we haven't released as much. And we've yeah, we've done we've done 
numerous events um, both here at Cold Drops Yards and um, done events in Berlin Plastic People when it was still running um, and yeah we've kind of we've adapted you know the shop used to be a lot like Portobello used to be quite a bit rougher um, I remember when I started I, I was working in the basement and I'd go upstairs and be much more intimidated than I am now I'm sure part <laughs> yeah. of it was age but also I, I think the yeah we the, the kind of the, the vibe is a bit different the the um, the people who buy records have, have changed in a way mm-hmm. or expanded rather and and it's it has I mean it's interesting people continually talk about vinyl coming back and a revolution and that almost happened that happened years ago and it's it, it kind of changed then and we're just we're continuing to to yeah to carry along a, a good trajectory at the moment and always when there are little changes we kind of try and attune our work to make sure that we're in the yeah riding the wave yeah yeah and what were you yourself doing those 14 years ago so before you joined Honest John's were you working in music before or what was going on there uh I was I was at school (laughs) yeah I I, so I started I, I started there on my year off um before I went to uni um yeah, just just was straight out of straight. So out this of was like your first proper job, was it? Honest yeah, Johns? actually, I, I in fact I did work experience Honest John's five years before that when I was thirteen. Um, I've always kind of been enamoured with it as a shop, and so did work experience there. And then when I finished college, and I I was like, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, I I got in touch with Alan, and somehow he had a job in the basement packing <laughs> packing orders that we were sending. To, you know, people order records online, we send them to them. Um, and yeah, so I started there, and then like yeah, would would work upstairs a little bit with my colleagues. You know, we're going on lunch, and I'd be terrified playing reggae sevens for yeah. customers who'd yeah. been there for a million years, and I like, didn't really know what I was doing. That's quite and, intimidating, I guess, when you're yeah, young yeah. back then. All these like long-time music lovers, or like DJs coming in, and you're just there, kind of starting out. Completely, and I mean, it was great because it was like a learning experience. Yeah. And even now, I learn. You know, you're a sponge. Like you, you kind of you take in so much music. You you can never know it all, and you, you you're constantly learning new things about different kind of areas of music but then it was like I know nothing and all these customers are kind of telling me what's what and you just gotta you just gotta open yourself up to it and not be too defensive or not be too intimidated yeah definitely yeah and I guess there's that thing with record stores that they're very like cool and trendy but once you get chatting to people like it's just people that are super passionate about music yeah yeah sort of dive really deep into that so let's talk a little bit more about the label because you've spoken about the shop so when did the label first start the label started in um, 2002. Uh, our first record um, was an LP. So we, we, we kind of partly set it up with like Damon Album was involved with, with some of the, quite a few of the projects we did. And he was involved with the first record, um, which also had Tamani Diabate on there um, and Afo Bakum. And yeah, it was a, a, a LP called Marley Music, a kind of really, yeah, quite a strong way for us to start. It's a beautiful LP. Um, I yeah, I was when I learned it was the first one, I was like really shocked. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, wow, what a place to what a place to start. Um, and then we followed that up with our our second LP was um, our kind of it's become fairly iconic. The London is the place for me series, um, which is a collection of Calypso um, and has gone on to um, 
we've done collections of Calypso, Mento, Quela, um, and and lots of other um, Caribbean and some West African um, genres. Often those that were being played in London in in the middle of the twentieth century. That's so cool. And when did the label start again? So uh, 2002. 2002. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then you guys moved here. When did you move to King's Cross, Cold Drop Shard? Or um, so we, we we moved here when it opened. So I think it was November 2018. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. So, Sounds yeah. Right. Yeah. So we were in the, in the unit from when... Cold Drops Yard opened. That's so yeah. exciting as well to kind of see it all grow and be here for the start. Yeah, Seems yeah. Like you personally have been at the start of lots of exciting stuff. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> you can look back and be like, tell your kids like, yeah, I was there from the start. That's cool. Yeah. You've got to remind yourself sometimes though because you're just there and it doesn't, you know, yeah, you realise yeah. years later. But, it's a bit yeah. like with Voices because I started when Voices sort of started and it's nice to look back and grow with them and see all the things they've gone on to do. It's like, it's rewarding. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's so cool as yeah. part of that. Yeah. And then what do you think of the main kind of differences you touched on it slightly but with the portobello road shop and the one here um the size is quite different in very basic terms so that limits what we can stock compared to the the, the, the portobello road shop has a huge amount of stock a lot more jazz a lot more reggae a lot more everything i suppose aside from and this is what sets the Cold Drops Yard shop apart in quite a big way um is we do a lot of secondhand records here and although that was something that we did when John set up the shop um, in the 70s, we, we don't do secondhand at Portobello Road. So in a way, it's quite a good pull for this for this shop here. And I'm constantly telling people who ask if we have secondhand, no, but go to go to Cold Drops Yard. Yeah. Um, so it, that's really nice. It gives it a different dynamic rather than it just being a kind of smaller satellite shop. It, yeah. It, you know, it has its own character. It makes way. it unique, doesn't it, this one? Yeah, well. absolutely. And also being, you know, it's such a different community here. I mean, we're part of a community in Portobello Road. Um, but largely that's changed, sadly. Like, you know, it's still a, such a wonderful place, Portobello, but a lot of the businesses that we stood side by side with have, have moved on. And yeah, it's nice to be part of a kind of different community here. Yeah. How have you found the community then, being on Lower Stable Street? Obviously, we've got Voices Radio, lots of different events that go on here. How have you found it? I mean, this, you? particularly this street, compared to the big section is, yeah. so, is always, there's always so much going on it's, it's such always a, like thriving and yeah. isn't it and, but also it's just such a nice place to be as Definitely. well like I mean it is nice in the centre where it's more open but it feels like there's, there's because there's stuff going on you can just sit down and feel like you know part of it all and everyone who runs the shops are so lovely and I mean, it's just a dream, you know, you get coffee in the morning yeah. and, a, and a beer next door and you finish it's up. It's basically perfect. It's got everything. Why would yeah. you leave? Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so what's, what sort of happens day to day in Honest John's? I guess each day is slightly different, but what sort of tasks or jobs are you doing behind the scenes each day to run the business? Um, so there's, there's obviously there's the ordering of records in, so we have to make decisions about what we, what we order, um, and what we're going to sell. 
then when those records arrive, there's a whole process of putting them out in the shop and also putting them online. Some of it is quite menial. Some of it is very, you know, always when you've got that musical connection, it's it's always more interesting than just uploading anything. Um, and those are always happily interrupted by, you know, I do a lot of that myself um, in the shop and those are always happily interrupted by customers coming in and whether it's a short quick trip in or you know people hang out for a while and listen to a lot of records it's always a, a lovely you know you're public facing you're going to encounter a lot of different people and with that obviously you know as anyone who knows in uh, who works in a retail or public facing job that's sometimes going to have challenges but largely it's a lovely it's a lovely experience lovely like yeah. work environment so fun as well yeah completely and you know it's a real privilege to just be able to to listen to music all day and that is basically yeah. the dream <laughs> you've got a dream <laughs> job that's it and not to put you on the spot too much but do you have any personal like memories of particularly like memorable clients or customers that have come through um lots yeah um i mean the one who I, and I'm probably speaking for Honest John's as a whole rather than simply myself because I'm part of it but all of us so there's there was a customer called Tony who was known as Capone and he would come in every day um, he he kind of he actually had a job briefly um, when John was running the shop he was Labrador Grove born and bred Tony was and he he was amazing musically but he wasn't quite great with the kind of organisational side of things that you've mm-hmm. got to be on top of as well but he would come into the shop all the time and hang out we'd make him a cup of tea and he'd you know put on like a, a sultry boogie track and be like oh, it's Kilo Kilo <laughs> and you know you'd buy a second hand record down the road and we'd play it for him and put it on bring yeah, it out yeah. of like a <laughs> blue plastic bag um, and yeah no he was a part of he was a real fabric of the shop and he sadly passed away I guess it's about nearly 10 years. No, more more like seven years ago now. Um, so he he's someone that we that we dearly miss, who we did see every day. And he's you know he's still we still feel his 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 presence sometimes. Yeah, you think yeah. you hear his voice outside, Aww, and you know that's so lovely. Yeah, that must be really special when you get those customers that come you know each week or even each day, and they keep coming back, and you must build such a good relationship and also friendship with them. Yeah, with your like shared passion of music completely and they feel like they're part of the sh- even, even regulars that we get in we've got a great regular called the, who we call Dr John who is a doctor and works up the road he comes in a couple of times a week there's a thing on RA saying three times a week and he got in trouble with his partner for going that much so yeah once a week let's say yeah yeah cover nice cover um, story there but yeah like pe- people like that who come in all the time um, Cornelius who buys reggae every Friday comes in for a CD and yeah. making me want to yeah. work out on his shots I'm like this sounds like a great place we to get work. we get like big big musicians as well but I mean in the sun they're largely lovely um but what's nice with that as well um is they come in and they're just passionate about music we've had Elvis Costello coming in quite a lot recently and he, he's just like so lovely and positive mm. and what you get is you realize those people are just you know the same as everyone else I've just listed like this it, it really allows you to see them on the same level and it's yeah it's, it's really nice to be able to share that space and and those those sounds that music that they're listening to with with them as well for sure 
And so I think it was Alan that said this. I'm going to read a little quote. He said, the way we flourish is by taking risks and getting involved with weird things. I think that was actually an interview that he did with Kiosk a while back. What sort of like weird or I guess we've spoken a li- little bit about memorable stuff, but what sort of risks do you think Honest Johns have taken to get them where they are today? Um, the music we release is never um, set out to make money, really. Like, we've recently had a series of Ecuadorian compilations that we've released, and one of them is literally a musician. I mean, it's an entire, it's a, it's a band, but he, as part of it, he's playing a leaf. And it's like, it's very niche, wow. you know. It's, people really like it, but it's, it, and it's, it's been selling well. But we, you know, this, we never, we, we, we've released it because we want to, rather than, and we feel people need to hear it, rather than um, it being, releasing something to make money. And... Um, we do that with what we stock as well we take risks sometimes it doesn't work and we buy too much of something and it sits in the basement for kind of years hopefully we flog it eventually <laughs> but um, but yeah we that that kind of stuff we musically we we always set out to just do what we think we need to do rather than um, yeah rather than having money in mind yeah um and also similarly not only the stuff that we release but um and buy in but also some of the labels that we distribute um we're quite a big distribution service as well for record labels that we that we like but we we a lot of those labels are cutting edge or a bit weird and in a good way um but they're the kind of labels that you know like other large scale distributors some of them would definitely take them but it's then they're not again they're not kind of geared around making money they're just if we think they're kind of pushing an envelope um that that is maybe a bit off off piste we're yeah we take those risks on them um yeah we yeah we we kind of we specialize in in hiding in plain sight (laughs) (laughs) I like that I like that and because it's all born from passion isn't it like you said it's not about just like chasing the check it's all born from like you guys just being super passionate and like taking chances taking risks and obviously it's working so keep doing what you're doing (laughs) is what I say and then what is something that's like really rewarding about your job would you say um there are lots and lots of things I mean I, I I perpetually get this thing where I go into work and I just feel so I just feel so happy and proud to be there like it's just a thing of like opening or closing the the door at the beginning of the day or end of the day and and feeling wow I work in a lovely I mean I I I I said that the kind of community of shops has dwindled a little on Portobello Road but actually the community there is so strong and so varied maybe up the other end of Portobello Road towards Notting Hill it's less so these days but it's it we're, we're kind of in a in an area where all these massive like big tenement buildings that look really grand are actually still all council and like it it creates this lovely hub of community where everyone from all walks of life is is there um so i love i love that and feeling like we're i mean it's is it feels special to be an institution to have been you know next year will be 50 years that we we've been functioning as a as a record shop so that's like you know a little bit mind-boggling and 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 yeah for people to come in and be like you know we get a lot of praise and plaudits from customers who come in and tell us that it's their favorite shop in the world and i always think that 
you know, to be the, in, at least in some people's minds, to be the best of something in the world is pretty, pretty incredible. That's impressive, um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, obviously that's subjective as well. There's lots of people who wouldn't think that, but yeah, is you know, but I suppose the biggest privilege of all is just to be able to spend your days learning, really, and, and taking in more, more and more and more music and, um, and the way that your brain works when you, when you listen and learn that way rather than, I mean, I love, I love to learn by reading as well and, and visually, but like it's, there's something experiential about it that I think is unlike anything I've, that's probably why I've been there for so long. Yeah, <laughs> never going to leave, yeah. yeah. I bet your music knowledge is just like incredible now. From when you started those 14 years ago to now, you must have just like listened to just so much and learned so much. Yeah, it's true. Um, but again, as I say, the, the way that the brain works, I think I learn in different ways to other yeah. people. So people come in and know much more about certain things than me um, and teach me. And um, you're always able to, to learn more. Also, in a, <laughs> I joke to Alan about this all the time, but in a, in a negative sense, you also have to, your brain takes in, we have a filing system and my brain takes in all the catalogue numbers and I sometimes feel like I'm forgetting other stuff because I know where like Heavenly Sweetness 92, <laughs> Ethio Peaks is immediately able to pull it out but I've forgotten what's the last track on, you know, this Marvin Gaye album or whatever. Yeah. And so it swings and roundabouts. <laughs> but also as well, we only stock, there are portions of, music that we don't stock so like i i know very little about say rock music pop music like that's yeah just because we 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 don't really stock any of that maybe a little bit but yeah and and so there's always scope to be learning outside of work (laughs) in those senses as well definitely (laughs) what genres do you stock then is it most stuff apart from what you just said or is it a bit Um, more specific we we stock a lot of jazz. Obviously, we were originally a jazz shop. We stock a lot of reggae. We stock a lot of soul and funk. Um, we stock some electronic music. Like uh, There's so much electronic music out there, so we're quite selective in terms of what we stock. Um, it's by no means, you know, there's so much that we don't cover. Um, we stock quite a bit of blues, gospel. Um, we stock quite a bit of Brazilian music, Latin music, a lot of African music. Um and Middle Eastern music, and lots of different things from around the world. Um, and then quite a bit of... We stock a fair bit of folk as well. Um, and we're always trying to stock more non-reggae Caribbean music, but sometimes it's hard to come by in terms of new stuff. We have a bit more actually in the Cold Drops Yard shop in terms of secondhand stuff at the moment but we you know that that people buy it and that'll go and then it'll yeah. be hard to find that again but yeah i i yeah we i mean we, we i could say we stock everything we just yeah stock a lot a, a lot. good range yeah good variety i like yeah. that okay so this is a question that we ask all the people that come on the podcast what is the like one book or film or exhibition or probably in your case record that a music lover should consume or you'd recommend um it's oh, an impossible question yeah, there's the so many impossible um or it could just be something that really like changed your perception or meant a lot to you i mean there's so there's so much i would say actually it just depends what people's tastes are doesn't it but yeah. um possibly um if people have the time i would i would encourage them to 
up to a point because he did get quite cheesy towards the end um, to just to study the catalogue of Miles Davis and see his progression um, from yeah 50s bopper to maybe you can stop in the in the 70s <laughs> <laughs> if you've done all that hard work you're like this yeah, is yeah, too don't, much you don't need it? to ruin it with a bit of cheese I mean some of his cheesy stuff later on is still absolutely killer but um, yeah why not the whole thing <laughs> there, there was a actually this completely does relate to something that um, opened my eyes because I was already a massive Miles Davis fan but when I left for uni um, the I, yeah, I'd come back and work in the in the um, Christmases and summers but when I left Alan gave me uh, the um, the kind of CD box set of Miles Davis's entire Columbia wow. um, recordings so I had you know it was like 70 CDs or something wow. um, and yeah having I guess that yeah comes purely from having studied those it's funny i realized yeah. that during the yeah, question yeah, that, that was yeah. where it's coming from but yeah so that had that like has a lot of a yeah resonates with me a lot but also i think just as a kind of musical if you've got the time you yeah. know yeah definitely that's a really good answer yeah wow. and also okay one-off song um a tune by Charles Mingus um, called there were a couple of different versions of it it was originally called a Haitian fight song um, but the version of it called um, 2 as in the no, Roman numerals 2 BS is you know okay. I'm just if anyone whether you have listened to any jazz or not it's the most incredible um, yeah the, the, the bass he plays in that in that in the intro to that track and throughout the track yeah will move uh, yeah I'm going to listen to that straight after this <laughs> hopefully it will move everyone it, yeah. no I don't know maybe it won't okay. but yeah I'm excited to check <laughs> it out and then I feel like I've really interrogated you this whole interview because I've been so fascinated to find out more but this really is the last question but <laughs> what is good. the one place in King's Cross obviously apart from the amazing Honest John's that everyone should check out and why um I th there are so many um, including definitely voices here like I think what you guys are doing is amazing I would also say the um, just for some of the work they do and they've got a number of other businesses around London but Redemption Roasters in terms of the work they do with communities and prisons and stuff and, and great the, coffee and the coffee is yeah. amazing yeah very yeah strong, so you're, very yeah, strong yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do love it completely yeah I, so it, as well as providing because there are so many amazing businesses here but I love that that provides you know something to the local community and then um, yeah works with yeah my, the my, marginalised community as well and uh, yeah some of the stuff I do outside of that is engaging with marginalised communities too so I feel a real kind of affinity with with what they're doing yeah. for sure yeah they're doing amazing stuff yeah. and then where can people find Honest John's online obviously they can come down to the store in Cold Shard and Portobello Road but what's your website Instagram plug um, that side of it we I would say the website is the main yeah just honestjohns.com no apostrophe in Johns no H in Johns um, we do we do kind of have an Instagram and Twitter but you know being true to our hiding in plain sight selves we don't really use them we should more <laughs> seems to work just about <laughs> so yeah honestjohns.com that's the place yeah. to go well thank you so much Abraham for coming on the podcast thank you it's been a pleasure <laughs>